Welcome to the Moments Podcast. We believe that every youth service should have three elements, worship, the word, and an exciting atmosphere. While we can't replicate our worship through song or our intense games on this podcast, we can certainly replay one of our favorite parts of the night, Pastor Wesley's message from God's word. So without further ado, here is this past Wednesday's Jesus Moment. Yo, what is up, podcast world? For the first time ever, one of our sermons did not record this past Wednesday night. Yeah, it's a revelation. <laughs> well, what actually happened is somebody running the sound booth unplugged something in the computer and it got plugged back in. And I didn't realize until an hour later that that meant the recording had stopped. Yeah. I uh, I was just like sitting there and I was just like turned around and Wesley's just wide-eyed he's just <laughs> looking around like in point five and he's just like man and i was like dude you okay like what's wrong he's like it didn't record and i was like oh man uh it was a little devastating but we're here today we're going to give you guys a condensed version of my sermon last wednesday because i felt like it was very practical very different from what i normally preach or the way that i preach and i just went through verse by verse john chapter one and we talked about how to have a quiet time a jesus time How do you study the Bible? And so what I kind of started out with (laughs) was a story. And Sai, this is perfect. By the way, I'm here with my good friend, Josiah Whitaker. Say something. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, hey, listen, we were just in New York helping kind of revitalize youth ministry at this church, my great uncle's church, and giving them some ideas to kind of fuel their programs and and what they're doing. And we may or may not have visited a tourist attraction and then upon leaving said tourist attraction, stopped at an intersection, like on a highway with a fork in the road and and like an interstate. And it was at that moment that my great uncle, I'm not going to name his name, my great uncle (laughs) realized if I get on this interstate, it might take me across the border. So without even looking at a map, looking at a GPS, like an insane... We're just continuing straight. Irrational on the road person, that we were exactly. On. <laughs> we were like on the highway. The same rational person he is. He got on the interstate that may or may not have taken us across the U.S. border. Uh, so we were headed down, exit after exit after exit. We passed him. We passed him. We passed him. All the U-turn lanes, and eventually we get to to customs. We're getting ready to cross into official Canadian land. It does a U-turn. And, and it's hard to explain, but basically customs is divided in, into like two halves. There's the half going into Canada and the half coming back into the U.S. Well, if you go right to the entrance of the U.S. customs and do a U-turn, you have to come back through the customs on the U.S. side. So for a short moment, we had left U.S. territory and had to come back through. <laughs> and it was really funny really because weird pocket. none of us had our passports. And so we got, well, I got to the gate and the guard was like, you guys are idiots <laughs> he's just like staring at him straight in the eyes oh, well he's telling the story and he's just like and he's trying not to laugh <laughs> at us and it was so funny and so we're like freaking out and we have chase in the back seat with us and chase is like screaming are we gonna get arrested are we gonna get arrested are we gonna get arrested i have drugs and bit life and we're like dude they literally are recording you like shut up <laughs> and uh, after he said that about five times i looked back there and i was like i'm about to hurt you you better stop talking like we're all panicking at this point Needless to say, we get through the U.S. Customs without a passport. They ran the license plate. They realized we never, in fact, went into Canada. So the moral of the point is we accidentally crossed 
<laughs> the U.S. border without a passport. And my point behind sharing this story is just how important that passport is. Now, if I was going to travel internationally, I need a passport. It's a legal document within the United States that allows me to travel in between nations, right? It's got my info in it. It shows I'm a legal U.S. citizen. The passport is my identification. It's my lifeline to enter and leave the country. And in the same way, God's word is our lifeline to enter into God's presence. It's what declares us children of God when we have placed our faith in the Son of God. And in like a passport allows you to travel and to experience the world, your Bible allows you to enter into a relationship with God and experience a covenant with Him. So, Sai, I'm, I'm excited. I feel like we're kind of laying the groundwork of what does it mean to have a Jesus time? And so I wrote down just a few thoughts we reflect what we revere, and we become what we behold. So what are a couple of things that you think that before we pick up our Bible, what are some other things that we're prone to pick up before we even get to our Bible? Probably the first thing, I mean, if you're in school, mm. which most of us are, you got to have an alarm. College so, life. <laughs> yeah. So like when you when that alarm goes off, you just like turn over without even thinking, you turn it off. And you're like smashing that screen. You get a little angry. It wakes you up. And then the first thing that comes to your mind is like, are my notifications? Where are my notifications? Who's texting me? Mm. You know, is there an emergency or something? And then, you know, you're like, oh, well, let me go open up the apps and let me scroll through them real quick. Just double check. And then you find yourself scrolling on social media, scrolling through Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. And then now you've spent like, before you know it, like an hour just in your bed. And you're mm. just like, mm, I got to get up. <laughs> yeah. And I think if we were all 100% honest, that's every morning of our life. Yep. <laughs> and I think we have to make it a practice to do scripture before screens, meditation before media, prayer before post. And it's important to understand, like, if you show me your morning habits, I'll show you your future. Like, that's just the reality yeah. of it. And I think it's so important that we have a daily habit of getting in God's Word. Say it with me. Get in God's God's Word. Word. Like, that's the key here, okay? Get in God's Word. Read it, study it, reflect it. That's how you experience who God is. Yeah, and like, I don't know. For me, um, what helps not to go straight to, like, social media or, like, something like that is to, like, instead of reading the Bible, you're like, oh, I can just read it on my phone since I have my phone. But, I mean— even then, you're still going to get beginning notifications, and then you're like going to be tempted. You're going to be thinking about whatever's on your phone. Mm-hmm. So it's best just to not use the phone. And if you have like a like physical copy of the scripture, then you just go get that, open it up, and start reading. There's also there's also like some science or whatever I think it is behind reading on a screen versus like reading. Yeah. On a textbook. Like yeah, a I definitely recommend physical copy of God's Word, $3. You can get a CSB paperback on Amazon, or I recommend a $30 journal Bible. You yeah. know, what translation should I read? Whichever one you're actually going to read. Like, if you're going to read it, read it, buy it, use it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are some translations that are better than others, but we're not going to necessarily go into that right now. The point is, get in God's Word, right? And it's important to understand, like, Reading the Bible, reading scripture is not checking off a box. Like you don't read the Bible so that God loves you. You read the Bible because God loves you. Yeah. You don't work for his affection. You work from it. And so I think we've kind of established like just how important it is to get in God's word. And and I, I want to kind of 
summarize and conclude it with this before we actually talk about how to read God's Word. It's that reels, TikTok, sermons, worship, none of that can replace daily Bible reading. Like, it's just not the same. Like, I've seen, well, I, I scroll on TikTok and I see, I have Jesus posts and it kind of, it's like, how can I get away with reading the Bible without ever actually picking up the Bible? Yeah, because it, I think it bores a lot of people mm. just sitting there with a book. And so and, you want to like, you want something fast, yeah. quick, something that's like five seconds, 10 seconds long, you read it, you move on to the next one, it, it hits that dopamine. You're like, oh, that's yep. so good. And then you move on to the next one without like taking the time and effort to dig through the Bible mm. and be patient and like look for it. Yeah. And it has to be a discipline before it's a desire. And, and I think that's good. And, and you have to really make it a habit. And I recommend to students, find your favorite book of the Bible. For a lot of people, it's Psalms or Proverbs. And have it as a backup. Like, I don't know where I, what I should read today. Google Bible reading plan. Or if you're just stuck and you need something, go to your favorite book. Like, my favorite book has to be John. Or maybe Matthew or Luke or Mark. Just the Gospels. If I'm stuck and I don't know what to read in Scripture, I always come back to the Gospels. And inevitably, I always get something out of it. And uh, so that's kind of would be my tips. And, and I think before we talk about how to read the Bible, we should talk about when to read the Bible. Have a plan, right? Sai, what does that look like for you? What are maybe just a few things you could advise people? Like, how can you have a plan to read your Bible? I mean, step one, don't overthink it. Because mm. then it starts to deter you from actually wanting to stick to it. Yeah, that's good. So it's just something simple. Like, um, for example, I have a Google. Not a lot, a lot of people are going to have this in their home, but... I, for example, have Google Home that sits right beside my You're so um, bougie. bed. So I'm like, <laughs> Google Home Mini. Okay. So I'm not that bougie, but I'll have it, it like, it'll go off. And mm. so I don't even use my phone. I just get up and then I pray before my feet hit the floor. Like a good friend told me, before my mm. feet hit the floor, I pray, thank, and usually thank God for allowing me to even wake up and That's take good. part in my daily routines. And that kind of gets you in the mindset of like, I'm about to like get into God's word kind of just a little bit wakes you up. Um, and then I usually go straight right there, grab my Bible um, next to my bed and read something, or I'll take time. And then once I actually wake up mm. from like doing my daily routine or whatever, then I'll read my Bible because I feel like a lot of the times um, on early mornings, you know, I'm not awake right away and I don't mm. want to waste my time reading the Bible when I can't store anything. Yeah, so. that's good. That's good. And, and I think like, no, when you're going to read the Bible, my favorite time to read is in the morning. I wake up, I get my cup of coffee, I read the Bible. No, where? I like my kitchen table. I like my couch, two of my favorite spots. I wouldn't probably read for 30 minutes in my bed because I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah, I need to get up and go somewhere. And I've even had people, you know, set your alarm, put your Bible on your night away from you. I'm sorry, put your phone across the room and put your Bible on top of your phone. I was told in another room. Or in another room. So when you pick your phone up, you pick your Bible up, that's half the battle. Now mm -hmm. go to the kitchen, make the coffee, sit down and read. And uh, and whatever plan you come up with to get in God's Word, repeat it. I think that's the biggest thing. So yeah. now that we've kind of talked about why to read the Bible, when, and some of those things, and kind of some warnings and advice, how do we read the Bible. I, I want to give you guys three words that really just in, encapsulate inductive Bible study. That's kind of a fancy phrase, but how to study scripture, observation, interpretation, application. So I, I kind of want to set the scene and we'll break it down. Uh, a few months ago, I broke out in hives. 
from head to toe. And I was freaking out. I was like, babe, I'm talking to my wife. I want to go to the ER. Like I'm a hypochondriac. I was like eight out of 10. <laughs> so freaking out. So like, I hate this. I'm itching everything. And yeah. Teladoc, modern world that we live in, I did to do, I ring them, FaceTime them, whatever. And they started asking me a serious questions. How long have you had the hives? Have you changed your clothing? Have you changed your diet? Were you outside? Do you know what you're allergic to? And they started asking me all these questions. And so I answered them. No, I've not changed my washing detergent. No, I've not changed my diet. Like, I don't know what's wrong. Something's no, I wrong. I haven't changed my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that. But, um, you know, I, I, did, I did. I stopped taking allergy medicine for a couple of days because I was supposed to get real allergy testing to find out what I was allergic to. But to do that, you have to come off all medication. And so lo and behold, that was part of the issue. The other part of the issue I found out is that I'm allergic to everything, pretty much. I'm allergic to grass, mm. to trees, like everything. That's so crazy. I have to live off of allergy medicine. And if you notice, I just gave a bunch of observations that the doctor wanted to know. They wanted to get the entire story of why I was breaking out in hives. Well, lo and behold, I'd come off my medicine. I'm allergic to everything. Right. And, and so observation says, what do I see? What did the doctor see that I had come off my medicine and I was allergic to everything? Then they interpret that evidence and they say, what does it mean? Well, it means he needs to stay on his allergy medicine. It needs, he, he needs something right. better, more serious. So they helped me schedule an appointment to get blood work done to, to go to the next level. And so when you're reading scripture, you have to read the verse over and over and over again and ask yourself, what do I see? And then you interpret that and you ask yourself, what does that mean? And then finally you apply it, right? H how should I respond? What, what, what did the doctor apply or recommend to me as a solution for, for what they thought of the whole situation? Well, they prescribed me a pretty strong steroid to help cleanse my body of not like those steroids. <laughs> no, he's a, Nate's over here straight and getting natty, bro. Not, not the asteroids. Just like <laughs> uh, like prednisone, like a basic kind of kills uh, bacteria in your body. And, and so that's, that's what they did. And, and we have to have that same approach, observation, interpretation, application. What do I see? What does it mean? How should I respond? So let's workshop this. Let's not just talk about it. Sai, you have a verse pulled up, probably the most popular verse of all time. It was easy. Everybody knows this one. Uh, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What version is that? How'd I know the word begotten? <laughs> uh, so let's break it down. What do we see? What do we see right away when we read John 3.16? Well, God so loved the world. And it's important that you know English. And, and this is why I push students so hard to, to know high school English. Okay, what's the subject of the sentence? God. God what? God loved. God loved who? God loved the world. And what was the outcome? That he gave his only begotten son. So what do we see God, God is, God exists. That verse alone tells us there's a God. Mm, yeah. And, and that this God that exists loves the world enough to give his son as a sacrifice for us. Why? Well, we're going to talk about that in a moment. So what do we see? God exists. God loves the world. God gave his son for us to love him back. Yeah, there was uh, something that you did mention in the sermon, and it was something about the word so that, you, that was in a study. And it was something like, you might remember it better than I can, but it was something like, he so loved. It's not just like, oh yeah, I love it. It was like, everything is about this. Yeah. So for God so loved the world, uh, that that's what it is. For God so loved the what? 
world. The world. He loves yeah. everything. That means every person everywhere. And even creation. God loves creation. Well, he created it, so why wouldn't he love it? And so right off the bat, we see all these observations. Well, what does it mean? It means that God loves us. God doesn't just love Wesley. God loves Josiah. God doesn't just love Josiah. He loves everybody, even the people I don't like. Yes, even the people I don't get along with. Yes, even the people that don't like me and are mean and toxic. Yes, God loves all of us. And so right off the bat, we kind of say, well, what does it mean? God loves us, therefore we should love others. God loves us and sent his son to die for us, so what? So we could have a relationship with him. And, and, And hopefully you can see that it's not rocket science. Like I told our students Wednesday, I'm about to have a bachelor's in biblical studies. Like, I've lived this. I know how it works. But these simple, practical method of methods of studying scripture I learned when I was 13, when yeah. I was in middle school. It's not rocket science. It's really easy once you get the hang of it. So then application, how do you apply the reality that God loves us? Love people, right? Yeah. In, in, in the deeper context of John 3.16 is John 3. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. They're having a conversation, a rabbi, a Pharisee. In other words, a religious leader of the day is having a dialogue with Jesus. And he's like, are you the son of God? I think you're the son of God. I'm not sure if you're the son of God. And Jesus is like, every man must be born again. And somewhere in there, he sandwiches John 3, 16. And he says, you don't just need to be born again. You need to realize God loves you. And, and so as you read the entire chapter of John 3, you kind of come to this conclusion that God loves us. And because God loves us, God has made a way for us to have a relationship with him. Yeah. And, and I've heard it said that man's biggest dilemma is that man has, has tries everything he can to reach God, and God did everything he could to reach us. Because man on his own could never reach God, so God came down to earth to reach us and died for us so that we could reach God through him. And, and so in order to have a relationship with Jesus, like we see in John chapter 3, it's through placing our full trust and faith in his son, Jesus, who God gave as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. Yeah, it's heavy, man. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth should not perish but have everlasting life. Don't at me. It's shall, not not whatever I said. <laughs> but uh, hey, listen, I hope you guys got something out of this observation, interpretation, application. What do I see? What does it mean? How should I respond? And the idea here is God's word is powerful. God's word brings life. God's word transforms us from the inside out. It's a discipline before it's a desire. And if you really want to experience a life with Jesus, get in God's word. Yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be you. Like nobody else can tell you to do it. And it's kind of like, um, you know, if you want to get famous or something on TikTok and you keep making those videos, mm. the the one key thing is consistency, discipline, and um like um you just keep going. You're like, good. you don't, you don't have to think about it. All these other stuff that you do, you just do them right in your daily mm-hmm. routines. And so not the fact, not in the way that, Oh, I'm going to read the Bible. I don't really care about it. I'm just going to read it and whatever. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's so important, you don't even have to give it a second thought about what, what should I do this or not? Like, no, no, like we, let's do this right now. Mm-hmm. I don't need to think about it twice. If I miss the morning, okay, fine. Just read it as long as it's done that day. Even if you miss a few days, it's like it's not like, oh, I've gone back so far. No, you still made progress mm, just because good. you did it that one time that week. 
but don't let that be a ticket to do whatever you want, you know, and to not pursue it as hard as you could. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That's super good. So, hey, listen, I hope you guys have gotten something out of this Moments podcast. Peace out. Something we say all the time is that there is nothing like being in the room on Wednesday nights. While we have tried to give you a glimpse of that, we encourage you to get the full picture with us and join us in the room this Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Moments Podcast. Mm -hmm.